Welcome everyone to God Talk Uncensored, where no topic is off limits. We use the Bible as a source of truth, and everything we share is from our personal experiences and the Bible. All right, let's do this. Welcome back, everybody. So I'm going to do a quick recap of my last week's uh, podcast or YouTube uh, channel. So if you um, tuned in, great. If you didn't, that's okay. You can either go back or you can let me run a synopsis. So here's what we're talking about. So I highlighted something that I think is important. What that is, is the, the, um, the Bible itself is a story, right? It's a, an account of God's relationship with people, specifically to a particular uh, family, starting from Abram or Abraham. And so one of the things about the Bible that's significant beyond belief is that you can use the areas of scripture to correlate to your own personal life. That's why the word of God is living and active, the Bible says. So when we look at um, what God is up to uh, in the lives of others or what we've seen him do, we know that that's similar to the way he operates in our lives as well. So we're talking about the life of uh, of of Abram, Abraham, and he's he's called by God, uh, and God made some promises to him, and he responded with with a yes. I mean, that's really what God is looking for uh, from all of us is for us to 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 say yes and to put our feet forward and to start to move in the direction that He told us to go. We may not get it all right. We probably will mess it up. And, and that's what I want to really uh, um, accentuate today is the fact that the journey that we're on is something that oftentimes is bumpy and it doesn't look perfect. And so if you've ever told yourself that you're not qualified or, or worse yet, that you've been disqualified because of some air in your life or some sin that you committed or, you know, the fact that you, you, you've been divorced or you've committed adultery or you fell away, uh, backslid and somehow that has kept you from the life that God has for you. I, I'm going to show you, I'm going to prove to you and I'm going to admonish you through the scriptures with the father of faith and his life's journey. Now, uh, if you were to write a book, a holy book, there's a whole bunch of stuff in the Bible that you would leave out. You just wouldn't want to put it in there because um, it, it doesn't reflect purity and holiness and, and, and the right way to operate. But it's there because it's raw and because God wants us to see that his commitment to us and this call that he, he brings us into is something that he's going to maintain and he's going to keep uh, uh, pressing for because the Bible says real clearly, right? So I think it's Romans uh, chapter uh, 11 verse 29 says God's gifts and his call are irrevocable. If God says that he's going to give you a gift or God says that he's called you to something, it's, it's, it's been spoken 
and his words create. His words are our reality. So the only way, see, we have free will. So the only way we can deter from that is that we relinquish that. We decide on our own to step away from that. And so I want to encourage us that the Bible tells stories of horrible things and they happen to people who were supposedly uh, uh, mighty men of faith. Matter of fact, this is what the New Testament says about Abraham. When God, uh, Hebrews chapter 6, starting at verse 13, when God made his promise to Abraham, since there was no one greater for him to swear by, he swore by himself, saying, I will surely bless you and give you many descendants. And so after waiting patiently, there's the word, after waiting patiently, Abraham received what was promised. So we talked about uh, Abram, Abraham being called um, to go to a land that God would show him. He's like, I go and I'm going to show you. So get, get, start moving, right? Start being obedient. And I'm going to show you along the journey. He was 75 years old when he was called. Okay. His wife was 65 years old. Evidently, age back then wasn't like it is now because she was beautiful. As a matter of fact, there was a concern that Abraham had because she was so beautiful that somebody or people would would kill him to take his wife. And so what we see is during the life of Abraham, right, the span of, we, we, we talked about this last week, but I'll mention it again. We're very interested in um, the destination, in the finality, in the culmination or the end. And God is really interested in the journey. And so when we get called to do something, we're like, awesome. I want to see the results. I want to see the finalization of the deal. And so what we get to do when we read the Bible is we get to read in very, uh, very few chapters um, a lot of history. And so we see God made a promise. A few pages later, the promise is fulfilled. But actually, 25 years went by. Like the journey was taking place from the point where God said something. I'm going to make you into, uh, you know, a mighty uh, uh, generation that will have more uh, descendants than the sand of the seashore, except he had no children. Okay. All right. So check this out. I'm going to read this to you so you kind of uh, get, get the gist of it. So chapter 12, Abraham is called by God. Same chapter. Okay. We're, we're talking about the same chapter here. Now there was a famine in the land. And Abram went down to Egypt to live there for a while because the famine was severe. As he was about to enter Egypt, he said to his wife, Sarai, she was later called Sarah, I know what a beautiful woman you are. When the Egyptians see you, they will say, take, uh, this is his wife. Then they will kill me, but the Egyptian, uh, then they will kill me but will let you live. Say you are my sister so that when, uh, so that I will be treated well for your sake and my life will be spared uh, because of you. When Abram came to Egypt, the Egyptians saw that Sarai was very beautiful. 
And when Pharaoh's officials saw her, they praised her to Pharaoh, and she was taken into his palace. He treated Abram well for her sake, and Abram acquired sheep and cattle, male and female donkeys and male and female servants and camels. But the Lord inflicted serious diseases on Pharaoh and his household because of Abram's wife, Sarai. So Pharaoh summoned Abram, what have you done to me? He said, why didn't you tell me she was your wife? Why did you say she is my sister so that I took her to be my wife? Now then, here is your wife, take her and go. Then Pharaoh gave orders about Abram uh, to his men, and they sent him on his way with his wife and everything he had. So, all right. So Abram, this mighty man of faith that was called by God to do amazing things, became fearful and created a, a, a half lie, right? Or a lie to, for self-preservation. And another man took his wife, took his wife. So you can extrapolate like, and then was given a bunch of stuff under the guise of, well, she's my sister. So I'm going to like shower you with gifts. And it's like, so he got rich off the fact that his wife was with the Pharaoh. Kind of disturbing, to be honest. And this is the... uh, the mighty man of faith. And I'm not mocking. You got to hear this. Like this is the reality of, of what life can look like in our failures and in our mistakes. And for us to still a hundred percent be called by God and it not be revoked. Okay. Let's go to another one. So many of you guys know that at some point, uh, Sarai, Sarah, she got tired of waiting on this promise that God had. And uh, her, her great idea was, look, I'm really old now, and I don't have kids. God made you this promise, so I'm going to let you sleep with my servant. And my servant will have children, and then I'll just kind of say they're my kids, and then that's how we'll do this whole like lineage thing, and we'll just help God out because he's not coming through on our timing. Chapter 16 of Genesis, verse 1. Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had bore him no children, but she had an Egyptian slave named Hagar. So she said to Abram, the Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my slave. Perhaps I can build a family through her. Abram agreed. Oh, big surprise. Shouldn't say that, but you know what I mean? Like, hey, it's like, okay. (laughs) Abram agrees to what Sarah said. So after Abram had uh, been living in Canaan 10 years, Sarai, his wife, took her Egyptian slave, Hagar, and gave her to her husband to be his wife. He slept with Hagar and she conceived When she knew she was pregnant, she began to despise her mistress. Then Sarai said to Abraham, you are responsible for the wrong that I am suffering. I put my slave in your arms and now she knows she is pregnant. So she despises me. May the Lord judge you, judge between you and me. Like, so now that's a pretty big marital issue, right? So I'm going to just tell you, so we don't have to read the whole thing together. This child Um, 
Abram's first son, Ishmael, he uh, grew to be 13 years old before Sarah got pregnant. Okay. He was 13. And, and then God was like, okay, it's time for you to get pregnant. Well, what does that mean? Like Sarah was 90 years old. Abraham was 99 years old. And God's like, okay, we're, 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 we're ready to do this now from the point of that promise, right? God says to her, this is going to happen. And she laughs, right? And that's why, um, that's why Isaac's name is laughter. The word Isaac means laughter because she laughed. She just didn't believe it. I'm an old woman. But between that time, before she gives birth, a thing takes place. Now, here we go. We're going to read this again. Now, Abraham moved on from there into the, this is chapter 20, on from there into the region of the Negev and lived between Kadesh and Shur. For a while, he stayed in Gerar and there Abraham said of his wife, Sarah. So he's in a new land. He's surrounded by other people. He says of his wife, Sarah, she is my sister. Hey, it worked before. Then Abimelech, king of Gerar, sent for Sarah and took her. But God came to Abimelech in a dream one night and said to him, you are as good as dead because of the woman you have taken. She is a married woman. Okay. So anybody struggle with repetitive, like failures in regards to, Hey, I've done that before and it didn't work out, but you know what? I'll just try it again. Like Abraham did this. He basically was like, okay, I'm going to get killed. And if I say that that she's my, she's my sister. I won't get killed. So that was the first time. And it actually kind of worked, even though it wasn't what God wanted, it kind of worked. So then later when he was fearful again, even though God had just said, just, just, just right before this, like your wife will be pregnant. He speaks to, to Sarah. She actually laughs. And then this thing happens. Okay. Um, so I'm saying all of this because, um, I've been a repeated failure before. Like I've, I've struggled with, with addiction and pornography and all kinds of, uh, habitual repetitive things, um, in my past, right? Like, praise God, thank God that that is not a factor for me today. It's, you know, I've been sober for uh, 16 years almost now. But the point is, is that had I taken that and the fact that I, I have divorce in my background and I taken that and the fact that I had struggled with, with uh, a pornography or whatever it may be, and I took all of those things and I said, I must not have ever really been called. I must not be qualified. I must not actually be able to do or fulfill the thing that God has for me. Now, if I'm currently living in sin, totally get it, right? If right now I'm talking to you, but yet I'm, I'm actively participating in these things, like I can't operate in, in the fullness that God has for me. Does that mean that God can't use me? God can do whatever he wants, right? Of course he could use me, but I'm not able to fully function and operate exactly in the way that God would have for me. Now, 
Thank God that isn't the case today, right? But my point is to say this, a year, a year before Isaac was born, Abraham again said, she's my sister to a king. And the king took her as his wife a year. I mean, I would hope there would be some space and span of like failure that took a longer period before God showed up and did all this amazing stuff, right? But this is the Bible. This is what we read. This is, this is raw and unadulterated and, and clear. And, and I share it because it's in there. And what I don't hear a lot of people doing is saying very blatantly, like God uses totally flawed people. That doesn't mean people who are intentional about their flaws. Obviously, you know, uh, Abraham got fearful and he did the same thing that he had previously done. He probably kicked himself for, for, for doing it or, or whatever that may be. But here's the thing, God's, God's gifts and his call are irrevocable. God never said you're disqualified. I'm going to not, I'm not going to use you because God already said and promised that he was going to fulfill everything through, uh, through Abraham. So I, I say all of this, um, again, because I felt totally disqualified. Um, I was a Christian and then I backslid. I always believed, but I backslid for, I mean, uh, 10, 12 years. I mean, I was a Christian by, uh, name, meaning that like I believed, but my faith didn't actually validate or verify by my life and the way that I lived. And then something happened and then stuff changed. And, uh, I mean, I'll explain that in future, you know, episodes, but the point is to say that I know that I know that I know, like you should know, like you do know because you're listening and you're going, okay, I hear this. Remember one thing, the Bible calls Satan the accuser of the brethren. He is called, one of his names is the accuser. Like his job to, to ruin you and to take you away from the fullness that God has for you, his job is to accuse you to yourself, to, to show you your failures He's a two-trick pony, man. Let me just tell you that. Like he dangles a carrot and says, this is going to help. This will be fulfilling. It's not of God, but don't worry. It's okay. It's going to be fine. It's going to feel good. He dangles a carrot and then you take a bite of the carrot and then he says, you are a dirtbag. What kind of a Christian, what kind of a good person does that? Oh, you should be ashamed. Oh, you are just a whore. So now you've got, you've got guilt and condemnation and shame and you, you stew in that. And the next thing, the next thing, you know, you're ready to self-medicate by going back to doing something that fulfills the flesh in order to take away that feeling that Satan is accusing you of having, which the cycle continues in that same exact way. It's crazy. But here's the thing. God is speaking to you right now. 
he's probably been, he's been speaking to you all along, but the voice you've been listening to is thinking that conviction and condemnation are the same thing, that conviction and, and guilt and shame are the same thing. The Holy Spirit's job, according to Jesus and according to the, the New Testament, is to convict you of sin and righteousness and judgment. But how does he do that? Well, what the Bible teaches me and and says to you is that he's patient and kind and tolerant. He doesn't keep records of wrongs. This is that whole love thing when you talk about the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those are all things from the Spirit because they exist in Spirit, and those are the things that He, how He, how He operates in our life. That's what God does. It says that God's, God's kindness leads us to repentance. So God isn't a weak God. He is a God of, of, uh, of judgment. He is a God of right and wrong and absolute purity and sanctification. He's, he's set apart. Um, but what Jesus did on our behalf was take on all of the stuff and all of the areas that we are a, a, a failure in so that we can stand in the sight of God pure like Jesus. Like we are clothed in a robe of righteousness because of him. If you use that as a license to, to sin, I mean, I'm sorry for you. Like God has these things that he wants us to do, not because, not because he wants us to ha- be restricted, but because he knows what leads us into slavery. And what is slavery? Slavery is anything that binds us away from the truth of God, where we get stuck in our own, in our own mind, our thinking, right? The Bible teaches us and says that, that we're to cast down high and lofty things, any imagination that sets itself up against the knowledge of Christ. So when I'm thinking that, that things outside of God, things outside of Christ are legit, I'm in bondage because I'm living in deception. So I'm supposed to take my thoughts captive and hold them obedient to Christ. So anything that deviates from the truth of God's word, from the, 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 the Holy Spirit's way of convicting and operating, it isn't of God. But that doesn't mean that I haven't failed. That doesn't mean that, that my journey right, hasn't led from when I got saved at 18 years old. I'm almost 50, right? I'm going to turn 50 years old this year. That's a long journey, you know? 30 years so far, um, 31, I can still do math. <laughs> the point is, doesn't matter how long, get with it. God's got you. He's called you. He loves you. He wants you to continue to walk in the way he's asked you to walk, right? Don't give up on yourself. Don't give up on the, on the truth. Don't give up on what he has placed in your heart. If you don't know Jesus, ask him to come into your life. You may be listening and going, man, this is new information for me. I thought, you know, the Bible was always holy, perfect people. I thought that, that, that you know, uh, I was uh, destined for doom and failure because I just keep screwing stuff up. Yeah, well, you know, uh, stop screwing stuff up. I get that. Like, there's a way to, like, not do that. But the point is, is that the Bible is riddled with people who made lots of failures, lots of mistakes. 
and you can overcome. He overcame. There was a test that he had. We're going to talk about that next week, the test, right? When God brings you into that place. Anyways, love you guys. We'll do this again. Peace. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to God Talk Uncensored. We appreciate your support. And until next time, God bless you.